This is the Better Reading Podcast platform with stories behind the story, Jane's Be Better Podcast, my book chat with Caroline Overington and more. Looking for a particular podcast? Remember, you can always skip to it. Welcome to the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story, brought to you by Belinda Audio. Listen to Belinda Audiobooks, anywhere, everywhere. Hi, this is Cheryl Arkell for the Better Reading Podcast, stories behind the story. We talk to authors about how they came to tell us their story. Bernadette Aegis, welcome to Better Reading. Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl. Um, A really interesting book. Bernadette is here to talk to us about um, I'm Staying at Richard's, a book that has really um, piqued my interest. So let me introduce you first. Uh, Bernadette is a successful publisher of many self-help titles and a trained mental health counsellor. She's an advocate for people with intellectual disabilities and believes their stories need to be told. Her book, which she's talking about today, I'm Staying at Richard's, is the story of Bernadette's own son, Richard. When Bernadette, an ambitious career-focused woman, became pregnant, she had the dreams that any parent does, sending their child to the best schools, watching their child grow up to be charming, witty and, and intelligent. But these dreams disappeared the moment they placed baby Richard into Bernadette's arms. At the time, they told her he had Down syndrome. Coming to grips with this change, Bernadette soon became the champion Richard would need. With the help of those around her, both family and professionals, Bernadette created a new life, learning that normal is different for every person. I'm Staying at Richard's is a beautiful, heartwarming story full of honesty and humour. It's lovely. (laughs) Thank you so much. I think it's lovely too. (laughs) Uh, Tell me about the story firstly. What prompted you to write the book? Um, I was actually, I had really, you know, you always have these ideas, I'm going to write a book and then, of course, being I never a have those oh, ideas, Bernadette. <laughs> You're very sensible because, <laughs> my God, it's really hard work. It is. <laughs> so I have a very good friend called Judith Kerr and she is a publisher in the United States in New York. And she, the Judith Kerr. The Judith Kerr, yes, indeed. And we, we all know Judith Kerr uh, or know of her. She's an absolute delightful woman and has an, an enormous compassion for people who are less fortunate. And she's a real champion. So her niece actually went to primary school with my Richard. And so every time we saw each other at the Frankfurt Book Fair, she'd say, oh, Benny, you know, how's Richard doing? And I, a couple of years ago, um, I said, oh, you know what, Judith, I am so proud of him. He now has a great job. He has an apartment. He lives with his girlfriend. He's got a really great life. I said, as a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, I was at a Down Syndrome New South Wales board meeting. And at the time I was living quite away from where the board meeting was held. And one of, and, you know, as board meetings go, they take forever. And the one of the young dads who had a little one, about two years old, said to me, oh, gosh, you're not driving all the way home tonight, are you? And I went, oh, no, 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 I'm staying at Richard's. And as I was telling this new dad this, I got a bit teary and he got a bit teary. And I said to him, you know, when Richard was a little boy, I never thought I would say those words. And Judith said, oh, my God. God, you need to write the book. Yeah. <laughs> you need to call it I'm Staying at Richard's. It's a lovely title. Yeah. Do you know all we want for children, for our children, is to be independent, Yeah. is to be strong, you know, is to... I look at all these parents that are helicopter parenting and you yeah. would see that around you now I and, do, you know, yeah. and trying the tuition and the learning and the dropping off of the exams and mm. the picking up and whatever... 
But really, you want them to be happy, healthy, independent adults. It's all you want. Absolutely. And that's what I've got. And I've been very lucky. You know, it's not always easy for people who have got Down syndrome. And Richard is Mm -hmm. an exception and he has done extremely well. So it was important for me, it was really important for me that Richard did achieve particular milestones. Mm. And so I made a little pact with God when Richard was born. I said, you know, God, all right, I'll go to church more often, (laughs) but you need to give me three things. You need to let him speak to me. I want him to speak to me because that is all about communicating. And I wanted him to tell me he loved me. And I wanted him to say, you know, you're a pain in the butt, mum, all those things that you want. The second thing I wanted for Richard was that I wanted him to read and write Mm -hmm. because, you know, being a publisher and a great book reader, I really thought reading also he'd catch a train, he could communicate. Well, and also I think stories, books are a haven for people that, you know, that need it. Like, you know, I'm sure there would have been so many hard times and probably still are. And people, you know, I find solace in reading. That's that's what stories are for. I want to go back to you know, uh, pregnancy. So Mm -hmm. you had uh, what was... Relatively normal normal, pregnancy. Whatever that is, yeah. 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 Uh, And at what did you know pre-birth? No, I didn't. And actually I I was surprised I felt pregnant when I did because I was pretty busy and... um, But then everything was perfectly fine and I remember going to the obstetrician though when I was uh, at at 18 weeks and the obstetrician went, oh... His limbs are only developing at 16 weeks. And I questioned him. I went, that can't be right. And he, I think he actually knew but chose not to say anything. He was quite a Christian man. And that was fine. You know, when I look back, I'm glad I didn't know. And then everything else went according to plan, the little kicking, the... But I always felt he wasn't kicking enough. You know, I just felt that there was this something and I couldn't put my finger on it because it was my first first time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then when Richard was born and, you know, the, the doctor's... Um, and the, the uh, so you know immediately it was they took him away because when he came out, um, I kept saying, "Is it a girl or a boy? Is it a girl or a boy?" I knew it was a you know the, the test had said he was a boy, but I just wanted to double check, and they wouldn't answer, and I got a bit fearful. And they went, "Look, he's they put, gave him to me, and they wrapped him up, and they said, look, he's very jaundiced. We're going to take him away and put him under the lamp.'" And I was sitting there and. All of a sudden, and my husband uh, had was sitting there too when all these medical people walked into the room. And, and you had had a normal birth? I had had a perfect, actually he came very quickly. It was perfectly yeah. normal. Yeah. And um, I looked at them and I thought, oh, my God, he's died. It was this awful yeah. feeling that I thought they're coming in to tell me that my baby has died. Because mm. so, that happens. Oh, indeed. And so the, the paediatrician, um, mm. Dr Grass, said, look, we are pretty certain that your son has Down syndrome. And I went, oh, my God, is that all? Mm. (laughs) And everyone kind of looked at me like I was insane. Mm. Um, But that's how I was told. And then when I looked at him, I thought, oh, yes, yes, I could see the signs. Mm. And and it took some adjusting. It was, you know, the most beautiful, joyful moment in your life, having this new baby, to all of that being taken away in just a blink of an eye. Mm. So going from joy to despair was so... Oh, to worry. Oh, and yeah, to worry. Yeah. It was, you know, what's his life going to be like? Mm. And I was very lucky in that I've got this amazing family. So my sister came in with champagne and balloons and congratulations rather than the, oh, you have a child with Down syndrome too. We have a baby. Mm. And I really, part of the reason I wanted to write this book was, you know, that although people go, oh, that's really awful or you should terminate or you should have more tears. 
we celebrate these little people because they're unique. Mm. You know, they. What causes it? Do you know what? Co- it's tell just me about. A, a, it could be anything. It's just yeah. a one-off. Whether you have blue eye or green eye, you know, it's yeah. like that is so random. They have no idea. It is presumably an egg that has uh, got the extra chromosome. Yeah. And statistically, a lot of people, when they miscarry, that's why they miscarry or they have, there's some defect right. that the body no- knows. Um, but then there's the exception to the rule and you have all these lovely people with Down syndrome that are born. Yeah. Tell me a bit more about it. So are there different levels of Down syndrome? Is it one generic word for a whole lot of things or is it particularly Down syndrome? It's particularly Down syndrome. So it is chromosome 21 and it splits differently. Right. So that's why they all have that other, that look that is quite common. You know, you, yeah. you know a person with Down syndrome, they all look, they yes. all look a little bit the same. Um, but it is uh, a genetic condition yeah. and they have certain things that are obvious. So their ears are smaller, yeah. their tongues are bigger, their limbs are shorter, um, they have a fold on the back of their neck. They have a thing on their hand where our hands, you know, if you look at our crease, looks like an M. But with people with Down syndrome, because their fingers are so small, they don't make a fist in the world. Oh, right. You know, yeah. um, there's, it's kind of like it just sits like a, a 90 degree, I guess. Yeah. Um, look, and this information is just, you know, not particularly scientific what I'm telling you, but yeah. they're the sort of things that happen. But then, of course, there's this intellectual difference. So it can be quite severe and it could be quite... And that's different. And that's different. With so a that, lot of Down syndrome yeah, people. Yeah. It can really vary. Right. Um, but And the, why is that, do you not? Like the rest of us. Oh, yeah, you know, of course. We're yeah. all the same. Some yeah. of us are really brilliant <laughs> yeah. and some of us are, are not. <laughs> are not. Yeah. That's right. So that's that's actually the difference. And right. it's, So Richard has been fortunate in that he is high-functioning. Um, but and is have, that because he's smart? He is smart, actually. He's yeah. smart in his own way, you know. Um, he still has trouble with figuring out finances and money. But so do if I. I ask him <laughs> how many points South Sydney need to beat the Broncos, he will tell me and, and know straight away. So it's where his intellect goes. Yeah. But he's canny. You know, mm. he's got also this amazing sixth sense about, you know, people that are good and not good. His intuition is really oh, wow. quite extraordinary. Mm. He's funny. He's hilariously funny. Mm. He makes little rhymes up and plays on words. And he's also a total pain in the ass when he wants to be <laughs> like the sure. rest of us. How old is he now? He's 28. She's 28. Yeah. Okay, I want to go back to raising a child with Down syndrome. Tell me what those early years were like, like, you know, when he was a toddler or, you know, when he was one, when yeah. he was two. I mean, that is, I think, they would be difficult time because difference is difficult, isn't it? It was and, and it was really difficult for me because mm. I'm quite high achieving and I really set the bar very, very high and I got mm. myself into all sorts of trouble because I actually was very fearful, as you said, and worried all mm. the time that he would be, I don't know, abused or, you know, mm. hurt in some way. Picked on, bullied, oh, all those things. So yeah. I kind of got myself into a really bad place because I was looking forward. I was yeah. always looking into the future. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing when I was saying about the three things I wanted from God was the other one was I really wanted him to wipe his bum yeah. because, I, you know, that was important to me. Well, that gives you independence. Gives you independence. So it was always about that. So I ended up having really bad panic attacks and got really oh, depressed, which wow. was... I, put it on myself because yeah. of my expectations. So I got some help, which was really good, um, and calmed down a bit. Now, Richard's dad was fantastic, was that he was like present and in the moment, mm. but I was always projecting. But in those early years, little people with Down syndrome can achieve milestones, but they need help. 
So we were always at early intervention and there was always a little project that needed to be doing from silly things like putting sultanas into a bowl or so that eventually he could do up a button. Mm. And so there were all... So fine motor skills. Fine motor skills, a lot of gross yeah. motor skills. Yeah. Um, language was big for me, as I said, so yeah. I did a lot of talking, talking, talking. And, and were you working at the same time? Yeah, I was. I was working at the ABC at the time. Yeah. So I had my six-month maternity leave and then went back to work. Um, but Richard's dad stayed at home because he worked from home, so that was gave us a bit of balance. And having that one-on-one time with his dad was also really important. But he was achieving his milestones, but just a little later. Yeah. But as he got older, the milestones started getting, the gap was bigger. Yeah. So when he got to primary school, for instance, I kept him back another year so that he had at least, you know, some um, education from his preschool days, which was also really good. And we were very fortunate. We had a really great preschool where they did a lot of one-on-one. He went to the ABC creche, which was fantastic. Yeah. And then he was accepted into uh, Mount Kringar Primary School with a community that was so engaging and welcoming and, and loving. And so was that the local primary That was the local primary school, yeah. And was that important to you? That he it was went... hugely important to me. I yeah. um, It wasn't our local, it was the next suburb up, but it mm. was um, important for me because I thought one of the things that happens with people with Down syndrome is that they're put into a place that says, okay, you, you are this person. Mm. So I'm really a big believer in inclusion and mm. acceptance actually can change how people, A, perceive people with Down syndrome, mm. but also that Richard then had to be in this world with other kids that weren't different. Mm. And he really rose to that challenge, although he was incredibly spoilt by the kids in his school where they'd go, oh, it's all right, Rich, I'll carry your bag or mm. <laughs> I'll do this for you. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say he was incredibly bullied, but no. He no, was he wasn't spoiled. at all. He was like incredibly that. loved. Yeah. Um, and, and Why do you think that is? Um, look, I think it was partly... Richard's dad and my outlook as well, yeah. we just kind of went, okay, we're going to embrace this. Yeah. But I think it was, it started with the head t- headmaster. Yeah. The headmaster said, we're having this little boy in our school. And then his kindergarten teacher, Karen Carragher, was just, okay, he's here, let's make the most of it. The community, yeah. they went, okay, we're going to embrace this. We had one or two parents that were challenged by this and I get that, um, but it was unnecessary. They thought, you know, um, having the teacher have a child with an intellectual disability would take away from teaching their kids. But Mm -hmm. she was such a great teacher to start with and as were all the other teachers at that school. Mm. But it was the attitude of the other families. You know, at the end of the day they went, okay, Mm. we've got something different here and we're going to make sure that this family is well looked after. Mm. And it's community. And it's community. And it makes, you know, isn't that a beautiful thing, Cheryl? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I want to know about his perception and his identity of himself. At what point do children who have Down syndrome understand that they are different? Look, I think that's a really good question actually Mm. and I guess it varies for everybody. Mm. I once, I think Richard might have been about seven or eight and I just accidentally parked in the disabled parking and he got really angry with me. He said, I'm not disabled, Mum. Mm. And so he he knew he was different mm. but he didn't want to accept that difference, I guess. He just didn't want to be labelled. So he knew early on that, you know, labelling wasn't a good thing. He also understood that by the, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, the gap between he and his friends were getting was getting wider mm. and he was falling behind. So when it actually came to high school, um, we were very lucky in that we had... Um 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, a couple of high schools, private schools, were very happy to have Richard, but he chose to go to a special school because mm. he said, Mum, I'm sick of coming last. Mm. And I thought that was extraordinary. He didn't say because I'm disabled, but he just felt that that was some place he wanted to achieve better. Mm. And I was really proud of him for that making makes, that decision. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I was, it wouldn't have been my choice, funnily mm. enough. I really wanted him to go to a normal high school. But having said that, I've seen people where that's happened or young people and they're lonely. Mm. That was the other big factor. You you know, no one wants to be lonely. Mm. And so it's St Edmunds, a special school. Well, and also if you look at everything we do and say, you know, like I'm just thinking about, let's say, you know, Australian writing. The reason why we love reading Australian books is because we see ourselves in them. Indeed, right? yeah. That's why we like them, prefer them over, you know, books from overseas, for instance. Or, you know, when we talk, talk about diversity and we talk about inclusion, it's because we want to see ourselves in that. Yeah. So if you're in a school where you're the only Down syndrome person, I can see the value, but I can also see that you're not seeing other people around you that are like you. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good observation. Yeah. He, you know, he, funny enough, in a weird sort of way, the, the school had all sorts of intellectual disabilities and he was not necessarily drawn to people with Down syndrome. Like no. his best friend Michael has is globally delayed and is the funniest kid and they are like Laurel and Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> Michael's tall and thin, Richard's short and fat. And they have the most extraordinary relationship and still do. Like yeah. they go out together, they have the most extraordinary phone calls. They really connected on their level mm. and I think this was really important for Richard. He mm. wanted friendship. Mm. He was my only child, although he had really beautiful stepsons. He also knew he needed to have mates mm. and that was really important to him. Yeah, I understand that completely. So high school came and went? Yep. Mm. And that was probably one of the most scariest times in my life. Mm. I went, oh, my God, what's he going to do now? He mm. is Because he's 18. 18. Yeah, yeah, 18 years old, what's he going to do? So I lobbied. Um, there was a whole. Th you, there are two things that can happen to people with intellectual disabilities after they leave high school. They can do what they call community participation where they go to art classes and activities and, and that's generally for people who aren't as high functioning um, and sometimes it's safer for parents to put their kids in those places and that's mm. by choice choice and that's their decisions. I don't judge on that. But for Richard, I wanted him to go to work. You know, mm. work is a valuable thing. So 
there's a thing called transition to work, which um, there weren't many up in the area that we lived in. They were quite further uh, away. So I lobbied Catholic Care in the Broken Bay Diocese and uh, the lovely Deidre Cheers agreed to start a program for those kids that were coming out of St Edmunds and other kids in the community that needed to transition to a workplace. So with that, they had three days of learning how to... And it was also about learning how to be independent, cooking, mm. cleaning, you know, doing your finances. Um, and with that... They you know, went, I think a lot of 18-year-olds can benefit <laughs> from that. I mean, you know, it I see good. a lot of kids finishing school and just not knowing what to do. Ill-equipped. Ill-equipped is the yeah. word, yeah. And so with that was really interesting for me in that this program also got them to go to TAFE and they did work experience mm. with their TAFE courses. And Richard really embraced that. He was already independently trained to use public transport, which was great. That gave did him a cert. Had you done that? No, St Edmunds had done that, which was wow. fantastic. And these were terrifying times. So, you know, mm. I'd speak to him all the way from the train station to, you know, back to his dad's place. I'm going <laughs> to tell you a story. I, I catch the bus often home and um, and I see this girl in a wheelchair that's very physically disabled mm. and the wheelchair and she's on the bus, right, and she gets herself off the bus and one day we just happened to be, she was in front of me and we were walking down the street and we happened to be, she was, she was just there and I was walking and I saw her parents on the corner right? <laughs> and I thought that must be her parents and sure enough I walked past at the moment where she got close and she said, mum and dad stopped doing that. Stop waiting oh, for me on the street. Oh, how beautiful. I know. Oh, and she beautiful. might have been about 18. Oh. And she just wanted that independence yeah. of coming home. Yeah. And, you know, there they were hiding. They oh, were trying not to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying not to be seen. <laughs> they were trying not to be intrusive. But they were worried sick probably. Yeah. And I was the same. And, and so yeah. was Richie's dad. I was like, have you heard imagine. from him yet? Have yeah. you heard from him yet? And yet, and one time I could have killed him where he just... His phone, his phone had gone flat and, oh. I, and I was oh, in Brisbane or something and I couldn't reach him, I couldn't reach his dad. I was beside myself. Mm. And he, you know, three hours later rang me and went, oh, sorry, Mum, I just, you know, the phone was flat and I forgot and I, you know, was watching telly. Yeah. I could have killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> A normal that's teenage normal. boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Really, really normal. Really normal. So yeah. they, so the, the program was fantastic but what they also did was work placement. Right. And we were very, well, he did a couple. Some were successful, some were just awful. But then he was given well, a work. And that's pl- life too. And that's life too. Yeah. Disappointment is part of life. Well, how many bad jobs have you oh, had? Yeah, I? yeah, I know. It's been terrible. Um, but they, he got this work placement at the pub and the pub he works in now and it was fantastic. Oh, wow. And they, he was work placement there one day a week for, I think, two months. And after that two months they offered him a permanent part-time job. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to cry because I can't yeah. tell you how proud I was because he did that. Yeah. Not me, not anyone else. He did that on his own. And he's been there now seven years and they wow. are just fabulous people to work with. They have Richard's best interest at heart. What does and he do there? He just picks up glasses, plates, he cleans up, he breaks up all the boxes down in the bottle shop, he works in the kitchen, he does a little bit of prep with the chef there, you know, just doing salads and things. Fantastic. And they... And that's fun. That's a busy... Oh. I mean, you know, you want to be in a busy job, right? Indeed. Yeah. He's the longest serving staff member other than the managers. Oh, wow. And... 
he's surrounded by a lot of blokes and the mm. regulars all love him. And mm. we had this funny situation one day where he rang up and he said, Mum, Mum, I won $15. What do you mean you won $15? He said, I won $15 on the horses. <laughs> I went, Richard, have you been gambling? He went, yeah, yeah, this guy gave me a good tip. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I said, well, how much did you put on the horse? He went $15. Yes. I said, well, you haven't won anything. He went, no, Mum, I won $15. <laughs> it was so funny. So I guess what I want to say with that too, Shell, is it's not hard to give someone an opportunity. Mm. You know, the regulars love him. Mm. And a couple of them have said, you know, I've employed someone now who has an intellectual disability because I've seen how successful Richard mm. is. Absolutely. If only people would just take a little step. You know, he brings a lot of joy to people. Absolutely. He's, and he's very male, yeah. you know, being surrounded by other blokes. Yeah. And, 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 the and I think from um, my little experience with Down syndrome people is there's no, um, you know, we've all, we're all guarded. We're all careful. We're all, you know, but there is a raw honesty there that I mm. think is, is really important. Oh, and it's so refreshing. Yeah. Like I said, Richard, I cheer for good today. Yeah. And he says, yeah, thanks, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> I know. right. Yeah, well, that's oh, right. Yeah, I feel good. Yeah. And they are... Uh, you know, a generalisation as well, but I think it's, it is, it is they bring so much light and magic into the world mm. and regardless of whether they're extremely high-functioning or, you know, not so mm. high-functioning, mm. there's a real honesty and genuineness about people with Down syndrome that Absolutely. you're right. I, I walk down, I, I walk to Pilates two mornings a week, right, and I walk because you walk at the same time and you walk past the same people and the people are very often going to, you know, going to work, the, they start work earlier than I do, obviously, and no one ever says good morning to me. I've passed the same people yeah. for the last three years and, you know, we might make eye contact, we may not, but really it's pretty much the same people. But there is a Down syndrome boy that walks to the bus station and every time <laughs> I see him he says hi. Yeah. You know, and he's the only person that says hello to me. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? And yeah, I bet you it makes you happy too. Oh, it gives you I a love big it. smile. And if I don't see him on the Wednesday or the Friday, I'm worried, you know. Where is he? Where is he today? <laughs> but, you know, nobody else says hi to me. Yeah. And they would know me, you know, just by sight. Yeah, because you do it all the time. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And it is. It's a real, it's, and it's quite infectious too. It is. It's really lovely. It yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. yeah. Richard brings a lot of joy to people. Mm. And I, I love that I can about see him. that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so tell me, so how did he get his independence in terms of moving out and how were you when that happened? Oh, well, he's always wanted to, which was really from very early on. I thought, you know, I was a bit surprised. I thought he'd always want to live with me or his dad mm. and his stepmom. But no, he said, I'm going to get an apartment, mum. Mm. So, um, And how old was he when he started talking about that? Really early, like when he left high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. so it was, I knew it was going to happen. So I actually, my sister um, lives in the inner city and she, an apartment came up next to her. And so we moved in there for a year because I thought I'm going to get him ready. I'm going to start seeing how, oh, wow. knowing that she was there as a backstop so Absolutely. that we could, you know. Yeah, peace of mind. Peace of mind. And he was astounding. He, and actually, in fact, at one time, he said, oh, I had to walk to the station this morning. I said, oh, what happened to the bus? He said, oh, the bus broke down. I went, oh, my God, what did you do? I mean, he said, well, I just walked to the station, Mum. I knew. <laughs> like, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> like, you know, that's what happens when the bus breaks down. Yeah. So he always wanted this. So um, then when he... Because, you know, most kids... Most kids in this generation would have rung their mother on their mobile phone or their father and asked, what yeah. do I do now? And he didn't. He just and got he off the bus. And sold himself. And he, yeah, and I was so proud of that. I thought, okay, you're ready. So when he and Ashley, his girlfriend... Um, and so now, tell me about that. So oh, where Ashley. did he meet her? Well, they, met, well, they were at school together right. and they, they were friends to start with yeah. and actually Ashley's... 
first boyfriend was Richard's best friend. And so oh. when he dumped her, Richard just kind of jumped in straight away. Yeah. And um, she was kind of a mutual thing. But they, yeah. they, Richard always liked her a great deal and she really liked him. Yeah. So they got together and we had to do a lot of navigating because we weren't entirely sure how they understood a relationship to be. Mm. And How that, old were they when they got together? Uh... 21. Yeah. Richard was 21 and she's yeah. a bit older. Yeah. Um, so they then decided to move out. And and is this after you'd moved out with him for a year? Yeah, this was after. So, life. yeah, he went back uh, to live with his dad and uh, he, when they announced they wanted to move out together, we said, okay. Yeah. But, you know, we need to all talk about this. So Ashley's parents, Richard's father and his wife and myself, we all got together and worked out what the best thing was and where we were going to locate them. So these things were really important. We didn't want them to be, um, you know, uh, not close to shops and not close to entertainment Mm. and not close to transport. So we found a really good area that had all the three in abundance and we've got them a nice little apartment and they have gone from strength to strength to strength. They're like Darby and Joan. They're hilarious. Like they argue like any other couple. Yeah, they love like any other couple. Yeah. And they have an enormous amount of respect for each other. Yeah. And actually Ashley gets really funny with me. If I tick Richard off about something, well, she'll have a go at me, which I guess like you're <laughs> the mother-in-law. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And it's wonderful to see. Now, Ashley doesn't have Down syndrome. She's globally delayed as well. Um, and But they just have this incredible communication with each other. Yeah. And, it's, and I'd imagine they're probably better communicators than most couple because they don't have those barriers. Yeah. They have, probably have that raw honesty. Which and is they really, do. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's sometimes like, okay, Richard, stop being so rude, you know, yeah. like, like putting on my feminist hat, you know, you, yeah. raising a son is quite different to... Raising a daughter, and but he he's sometimes a bit chauvinistic as well, and I yeah. kind of go, oh, all right, that's surprising. Um, and she loves him. She'll you know often say, oh, I, you know, they call each other these sweet little names, and they. <laughs> and does she work? She does indeed. Yeah, yeah, she's got a really great job too, and they have their own social networks as well. So they go and do things independent. They are like any other couple. Yeah. They go away for weekends. Yeah. They go to um, have holidays together. Uh, we monitor that sometimes, you know, because yeah. there's some issues that, you know, but the last couple of holidays they've gone to a hotel and they've got themselves around and do what other people do. Oh, I love it. What did Richard think about you writing the book? Did you have a conversation with him I about did, that? I yeah. did. I um, I told him I was doing it and he was quite excited. And, and has he read it? He has now because, of course, I, you know, I've always championed the fact that he should, yeah. you know, that people with intellectual disabilities should always be, conf- you know, uh, part of whatever happens in their life. And, of course, I just completely forgot that he would want to read it. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and so he asked me, he said, Mum, can I read the book now yeah. that it's finished? I went, oh, of course, but I was a bit scared, a bit nervous. I yeah. thought, oh, because I'm writing about him. Yeah, of course. And actually and my good friend Tracy Lee, when I was writing, he said, she said to me, she said, don't forget to be, you need to be respectful, this is Richard's life. Mm. And that actually made me pull up a bit because I thought, of course, Mm-hmm. And and it's not just my life and Richard's life, it's family, it's friends, community. you know, it's community. Yeah. So I had to be very mindful of who was in this book. Yeah. And a lot of people contributed, which was great. Um, but he loved it. Yeah. He was really proud of it. Oh, gosh, what a beautiful story. It's oh. called I'm Staying at Richard's, Raising the Exceptional Son I Never Expected. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I so enjoyed that. Thank yeah. you. If you'd like more information about Better Reading, follow us on Facebook or visit betterreading.com.au. 
This podcast is proudly sponsored by Belinda Audio. Belinda Audiobooks are available on CD and MP3 from online booksellers and bookshops everywhere. Or you can download from Audible, Google Play or the iBookstore. We've also created our own app called BorrowBox that's available from both the App Store and Google Play. All you need to do to get it working is to download the app, join your local public library, and you'll gain access to the world's best collection of e-books and e-audiobooks available for you to loan on your phone or your personal device. Belinda, we're here to enable you to escape, imagine, grow, and be inspired through the power of storytelling. Belinda Audiobooks. Anywhere. Everywhere. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a review and check out the other podcasts on the Better Reading Network.